Don't get used to this. It should be the one and only time we'll ever start with this song. Unless... Unless... NASA cannot successfully divert the asteroid. Get it now, right? Let's let Steven hit a lyric or two. We can all sing if you'd like. I could stay awake just to hear you breathing. Watch you smile while you are sleeping. That's enough of that. Um, if you did not know, written by one of the greatest songwriters of all time, Diane Warren. She gave Aerosmith that monster hit in 98. Um, for the record... Um, I prefer Deep Impact, which I saw in theaters. I did not see Armageddon until it came on to, I don't know, TNT. Morgan Freeman is president. Can't go wrong with that, can you? Uh, do you have a favorite End of the Earth movie? You can pass that along uh, on some of my socials. Uh, I played that, if you didn't know, the last 24 to 48 hours has been... Um, quite appealing for us uh, us very amateur astrologists, us space nerds, for two reasons. One, why I played that song. NASA shot something the size of like a refrigerator at an asteroid to see if it could divert its um, its trajectory in case it ever actually has to do, uh, do that to actually save us. Terrifying, isn't it? Um, the funniest tweet I saw with that actually is a neat little thought experiment or at least something you can ruminate on over the next day or so. Um, and, and I think several people said this when that refrigerator thing hit the asteroid and impacted. This one's for the dinosaurs. Now the part to think about. Um, if the dinosaurs were not annihilated by that asteroid... We are assuming it was an ast- an, an asteroid or, or, or a meteor. Um, I don't know the difference between the two. One's bigger. Th- there are differences. Um, I would assume that if they were not annihilated, we would not be here. Now, maybe we would. Maybe we would be bumped. At, we would be bumped back another ten to eighty million years. But if the dinosaurs still existed and nothing wiped them off the base of the earth, would we be here? That chain of events, like what happened when they were annihilated, was a link in the chain of events that got us here. Just something to think about. If that asteroid went left instead of straight to where? What is now Mexico, the Yucatan Peninsula? Somewhere in Mexico, we might not be here right now. Um, I got a, uh, a sad text today and I'll bring it by you because he was on several versions of the show and a, and a sweetheart of a human being. Um, our friend, Jeffy McGee, Jeff McGinnis passed away. Um, he had some heart issues and was keeping people updated on his Instagram. Uh, but he is no longer with us, sadly. Uh, Jeff is every cliche if I multiply them by a hundred uh, the kindest man you could ever meet um, was a thousand percent selfless, um, had a heart of gold. But I could always see because, you know, people like me, people maybe like you, 
you have that sight beyond sight. You can see when someone is is suffering. And Jeff tried to cover up his suffering with complete and utterly blind, endless kindness. But I saw it. And I hope it at I hope with this he is now at peace because he brought so much joy and happiness to others. Um, no matter what kind of incident he was going through and and there was a black cloud of some accidents that followed him. He'd come into our studio like the most colorful rainbow after after the darkest storm. And I hope he really is in a better and a happier place now. He was a wonderful human being. Uh, also a, a pretty good human being. Uh, this was a story from Tony Geftos at 13 ABC. And we'll get to the Waterville stuff shortly. And a eh, mild game of House of Dragon spoilers. Um, his name is Trishon Batard. I think I pronounced that correctly. He likes to go by Rosé. A neighbor gave him a lawnmower. He's 11, fifth grader at Riverside, and he started mowing lawns. Um, he made up some business cards. Trishon Lawn Service. The grass may be greener on the other on the other side of the fence, but you still have to mow it. 567-970-0328. Um, his brother helped him out with the idea. That's the story again, 13 ABC with Tony Geftos. I just have one question for Trishon. Um, are you uh are you gonna do are you gonna continue landscaping year round? We are slowly moving away from lawn mowing season. Will you uh will you be around with a shovel or something like that? Um, Greta Van Vliet is here. I've always found that name unique. Um, I would not know a song if you played it for me. I, I am pretty well versed in music, even in music I don't like. Um, just the pop culture things that I'm able to absorb. There's plenty of things I have heard of or I've read about, heard of. They've come across a feed of mine and I know plenty about, even if I'm not 1% interested in them. I am 0% interested in Greta Van Vliet, and I know nothing about them. I could not name any song of theirs. Uh, I believe when I looked at their a photo of them, they all reminded me of Jared Leto. They are from not far away, Frankenmuth, which if you've never been to, you should go to. Um, I know when I lived in Saginaw, friends of mine would go down to Frankenmuth quite often because it was roughly in between uh, Saginaw and Flint. And when I lived in Saginaw, our radio station was so big, like it was like 86,000 watts. It covered most of Michigan. Flint was kind of part of our market. So I would go down to the Genesee Valley Mall and other things in Flint. Um, but there were some some neat places to go to off of 75. Frankenmuth, Bertrand, and go the other way. Uh, Taos was up north, and another a bunch of other places I can't remember because it was long ago, and it was a lot of outdoorsy stuff, and it was very cold and very snowy. But I had some really good friends there. Also, I believe the Huntington Center for Greta Van Vliet was doing GA general admission, no actual seated tickets, which is why I saw something last night. A sign from the Huntington Center saying, don't sleep here overnight. You cannot line up until, I think, the morning. I am curious as to why they did that. That seems like a recipe for chaos. But Greta Van Vliet, from what I gather, seems like a big get for Toledo. Although we always get big rock and big, we get big rock, country, and um, and retirement shows. Like it's the last Bob Seger tour ever. Sure, until the next one. Uh, with that, you know, I have always said, 
I would love to have more pop concerts here. Not necessarily that I would go to. Um, a friend of mine the other day extracted exactly how I feel, and I think this is going to be part of my intro on Saturday at the Out of the Darkness walk. I like the idea of doing that, but then when push comes to shove, I am not about doing that idea. I like the idea of having pop concerts here. For you, for me, uh, it depends on who it would be. Um, so there was more discussion about this Waterville project. And I've got to say, from from what I have read, and it's just been the news stories, I have not gone into the comments or anything. So the comments in the news story, I think everybody has a good point. The promoter, developer wants to do this, sounds extremely accommodating. And all of his quotes seem like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we are all in. We want to make this a good part of the community. Now, look, they could, they could be super shady. Um, they could be selling a bill of goods. And then before you know it, there's like wild and crazy Wu-Tang Clan shows. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that. I could be wrong. And I can see why the residents are concerned. On the other side, the residents are like, we want Waterville to be a quiet town, a small, quiet community. This is why we lived here. This is why we moved here. We left Toledo. We moved from Detroit. We came from Columbus because we wanted this kind of community. And I can't say that it's often that Waterville-type villages, small towns, get venues where there's nearly 10,000 seats for people. Maybe there is places like that. Perhaps a developer needs to come up with more examples of how this marriage worked. Um, Because, again, I think everybody has very solid points. There are some new conditions that um, Waterville has asked of the developer. Um, 5.30 to 10.30 and nothing after that. Um, And absolutely no events during Anthony Wayne football games. And I know that there was one mom that said, uh, one mom or or, or woman in the community who said, I don't want anything happening on school nights. Uh, I didn't see if the developer could accommodate all those, but I think those are very reasonable requests. The school night one might be the most challenging because that's, that's half the year. Um, And you wonder how many shows they can get uh, in spring and or spring, late spring and and summer, that might not that might already come to Toledo or or somewhere else. So that might be the biggest sticking point. But again, I think everybody has reasonable points here. I will come back to uh, something I said when we first discussed this. If you want to point the finger at somebody, if you hate that this is happening, you might want to point the finger at the mayor, city council, whoever's in charge of zoning that area. Because what happens if the concert idea, the concert venue is shot down, but something less appealing, louder, more problematic than a concert venue comes to that spot because of the way it's zoned? Now, it could get rezoned, but I'd like to hear that question asked and answered. Um, the showrunners for House of the Dragon did say this is kind of like a second pilot um, I watched Sunday night's episode last night and it was for me disjointed and jarring. And I know I complained about the people having weekly complaints like they've never seen a Game of Thrones episode before. What's with all this blood? They are they are dehumanizing women and, and all these this gore. Well, clearly you're very new to the series. Um and there are still people thoughtful people saying they disagree with how women are being depicted in some ways. 
my only thought is that I think we all know that this was kind of like a, a Middle Ages, medieval time. And unfortunately, this is accurate of those periods of time. That's why it is great to have strong women who are not completely silenced by the patriarchy. And I think we're all excited to watch Renera uh, become the woman that she is destined to be in this series. Um, I, in the last episode, the fifth episode, uh, people were upset within the last 10 days that all the characters were getting switched out for the 10-year age jump. And I knew it was coming, so I kind of prepared myself for it. But when I was watching last night, I was very upset. I missed um, Millie Alcock. She was the actress to play the younger Rhaenyra. Um, spunky. Um, unafraid of offering an opinion. Like, things that I somewhat see in myself at times. But I really loved her character. I love the character. I love the actress. Uh, and now she's gone. So I might have to re-watch last night's episode, which threw a lot at us because in a normal length episode, uh, it's called exposition, where uh, there's lines of dialogue that catch you up on what happened that wasn't on the screen. Um, and there was a lot of that. And it was somewhat confusing last night. And I don't know if you got Littlefinger vibes from Laris, uh, as I did when he was talking to Allison in a previous episode, the guy with the cane. I got Littlefinger vibes. I think people were getting... We were all trying to pick out who is going to be the character we were familiar with from Game of Thrones. A lot of people said Allison's dad, Otto, would be Littlefinger. But remember, everybody schemes. It seems like Laris is that and this. But there was, um, there was a lot to digest. I think we've got, what, four more episodes? I don't know what the episode count is for this year. But let's swing over to... Um, another TV series, and I've got to bring up an article. You know, I always, when there is a popular true life documentary representation of a serial killer, a psychopath, like, like the, I don't use those words lightly. And I mean, like someone who actually existed. What was the last one? One of the previous ones people got into was Zach Efron, right? Was he Ted Bundy? Which killer was he? And I was concerned that people were fawning over his attractive appeal and completely overlooking the fact that people like in the 70s and 80s were as frightened of serial killers as many people now are of school shootings. Um, I know a couple of times, whether on the podcast or on the air, I have said that there are always eras, epics that bring a certain type of fear. I remind you that when my dad was growing up, um, they were afraid of uh, nuclear war. They did nuclear bomb drills because hiding under that desk is going to save your life from a nuclear bomb. Um, then I would guess again in the 70s and 80s, Son of Sam, Ted Bundy, like serial killers were a thing. And... Maybe some killed upwards of 20. I don't know if it got much more than that. But people were truly terrified. I only know of what I read and maybe some movies. But I gather the same tension, anxiety, and fear is what many now feel in the early 2000s. We're all going to be killed by terrorists. And then we transition away from 
uh, international terrorism to domestic terrorists who look like a Jeffrey Dahmer type. Um, but I take issue, and you know, I, I always wonder if, I, I don't think the people that make these shows are intending to glamorize these people, but I think some people who watch it are glamorizing them. Let me read you some quotes from, uh, there's an article on Mashable.com. The guy's name is actually Eric, and he quite eloquently puts my thoughts together. Uh, I'm not telling anyone what to watch. I know true crime media is huge, but if you're actually curious about the victims, my family, um, the Isbells, are pissed about the show. It's re-traumatizing over and over again, and for what? How many movies do we need? Okay, um, they have my sympathy, uh, but again, these things can be educational, and as long as they are not strictly being made to capitalize and profit off them, um, I, I, I am okay with them being made. Someone will always, unfortunately, be offended by something or take something um, with pain. I understand that. Like, I could easily go, I, I think we've had enough Holocaust movies. We are never going to stop having Holocaust movies. I'm sure you have a grandparent who might have fought in one of our world wars. It might re-traumatize them in some ways. Where are the rest of this dude's tweets? Oh, um, okay, sorry. This is from Hoeing747. The families have already said that the Netflix Dahmer series has re-traumatized them, so I think we need to acknowledge that you watching it goes way beyond, I like true crime because it's informative. Admit that the trauma of others is entertainment for you, and go. Um, Yeah, and there's a lot more here with this. And again, the only things I ask are that you not watch strictly for entertainment and to be educated I am curious. The Jeffrey Dahmer thing, I vividly remember it. Um, it was late 80s, early 90s. Like, it's when I was following news. It was a big deal. Um, I knew that it was scary. I wasn't personally scared. Um, and I believe he was, sorry to ruin this, I believe he was killed in prison as well. He had mental health issues. He had a broken brain. You don't do what he did without having a broken brain. Again, some of the education here is, how can we prevent these people or people who have slightly broken minds from turning into Jeffrey Dahmer or currently school shooters? We can prevent some, if not many, of these situations. So I hope you're not glamorizing it. Um, I hope these are not made strictly to make profit, but I'm sure there are certain streamers out there and directors and producers who are doing just that. Uh, and they are already planning 10, 15 years from now, the, the school shooter documentaries, maybe one of the young actors playing one of the Targaryens will blow up and become a megastar. Forgive my language there with that. Uh, will become a megastar and he will be portraying one of the school shooters that we look at now in pure horror and fear. I do wonder if we will stop making the Dahmer type true life things. Um, when that was happening in the 90s, there was CBS and NBC and ABC News, a couple of cable channels, but now we have so much more media, so much non-media, so much people making themselves media and almost giving us school shooter stories in real time. So perhaps we can avoid having someone else tell the story of them 
to glamorize or profit off of in 10, 15, or 20 years. I just ask you to reevaluate how you're watching these things. And I mean when they are true life stories. Thanks for being here on today's podcast with me.